Stirring the Pot with Drip Kitchen. We posted that we wanted to hear your more your most embarrassing stories. Um, we can read a few. Like I said, unfortunately, we got a lot. Um, well, not unfortunately. That sounds terrible. Um, There's got to so, be some juicy ones in there. What was it? There's got to be some juicy ones in there. Some are funny, and it's weird, too, because I didn't say that they necessarily had to be drifting-related, but everybody, like, I, I talked about... Uh, farting in fourth grade and people still wrote in all their embarrassing track ones but that's okay um so the one time my friend comes to the track i tell him get in let's go because he hasn't been to the track in forever and well i want to impress him because he's one of the kids who got me into drift cars now i'm on grid i give it the beans and i catch the inside lip of the track spin out in the dirt as car comes back into track spinning it rips my front wheel off that one's pretty funny like I've already laughed at these, so if I haven't, <laughs> I already laughed at a lot of these. Um, so if I don't sound that, this one, uh, Reese, you sh- you should know about this one actually. What happened? Um, it's more of a joke that my friends and housemates played on me that was embarrassing, but had a crazy outcome. So it was East Coast Bash, and we were all at the track for the weekend. Little did I know, my housemates had left a key for my friends back at the house. They let themselves in, and they put my twin-size mattress in a child's Ferrari race car bed. So when I got home, I opened the door to my room, and there's this child's bed in my room where my mattress should be. They're all laughing and filming me, just in complete bewilderment. The catch being that they wouldn't let me get rid of it until I had sex in it, and they legit wouldn't let me get rid of it. Like, they wouldn't let me take it out of the room I tried. I heard that story though. I heard that he actually ended up doing the deed, and the bed was be was able to be taken away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he did tell me to add that that he no longer has the Ferrari bed. No, the Ferrari bed did not last long. Um, yeah, and that was the stipulation. <laughs> it was uh, we were like, yo, man, you can't take this out of uh, your bedroom until you bang some chick on it. Because we're like, I mean, how awesome it'll be like for you to walk in and like you're in the heat of the moment taking your clothes off, and then she sees, like, a Ferrari toy bed. You know what I mean? But, I don't know, maybe the chick that banged them, like, was into it. You know what I mean? Or maybe he said, yo, come check out my Ferrari, and, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I think he told us, but I don't remember how it went. I was just, we were just happy he banged the chick, and, like, the Ferrari was gone at that point. That's how you, uh, test a woman and see what kind of chick she is. Uh, she sucked. That's why she's not around. I don't even know who she was, so whatever. Yeah, I think it was just like a one night stand type thing or something. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Good for him. Good for yeah, her. that's, that's she got the bang out for her. Who really won there? Yeah, that's not an easy task, but uh, no. Um, broke a tie rod at MBA, or BMI and shot me into the wall in the stadium. I don't remember that, but that is horrible. Are there any, like, not-drifting ones? Yeah, because, like, I know some people are probably mentioning, like, they're, like, whatever embarrassing drifting uh, accident you may have had at the track, like, we've probably seen it happen a million times already, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, what did you see, like? Yeah, we want, like, you flipped your car and you came home and your oh. wife was cheating on you or something. Like, that's embarrassing. Taylor, did you, Taylor you wanted not-drifting? Yeah, like, where's the juicy ones? Like, the one you were talking about, you farted in front of your crush. Like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> I'll keep her anonymous, because she didn't necessarily state whether she wanted to be or not. But she's a hostess manager at a Mexican restaurant, and a couple weeks ago, she was in the dining room taking an order, and she shit herself while taking the order, and had to try and maintain eye contact and not let them know what happened. No. <laughs> That's the worst, because <laughs> oh the silent God. ones, I don't know. Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, that's wild. This is this is another one that's not drifting related. The first time I got drunk after having my child, I thought I went to the bathroom, but I went into her room and peed. <laughs> She's a mom. Wait, say, say that one again. Uh, the first time I got drunk after having my child, I thought I went to the bathroom, but I went into her room and peed. I'm I'm keeping her anonymous. She wrote her child's name. I have I have an idea who it might be. Yeah, without do I have an idea who it might be? 
I think you might. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not gonna say that. It's my stuff. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna ask her privately. Though. I'm gonna be like, "Yo, so, uh, yeah." Yeah, pull her aside. <laughs> it's not the person you think it is. <laughs> I She's know. Like, <laughs> That's my future embarrassing story. Get that ready, dude. <laughs> yeah, remember that interview we did? Well, I turned out to ask the wrong person. She slapped me. I got into a fight with the husband. You're a creep. <laughs> I know, but you can't be asking about I can't be asking that. <laughs> Yo, did you pee in your daughter's bedroom? What type of sick shit are you into, Reese? Nah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm, like, reading these two. Uh, they're all, like, drifting related. Like I said, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It was just funny. Maybe it's because it was for the drift kitchen. I, I'll, give you one, I'll give you one that humbled me. What was that? Um, it was 2013. There was so much hype over the car that I was putting together. I think it was the Los Cunis one. And I went all the way down to Atlanta, 14 hours, for a pro-am. And I didn't even qualify. I spun on both my qualifying runs. So I didn't get to compete. I didn't get to do anything. I didn't even get to really practice on that track after the fact, right? You know what I mean? And I had to take 14-hour drive all the way back with my head down. It's a long drive. Yeah. I mean, I got fifth place in U.S. Drift later on that year. But, I mean, it's... It sucked to start the year that way, and then every because they were live streaming it too, and this was like the first time they did that um, for that particular series, and there was just that just sucked. Okay, so you would have stayed in detention for a long time. I pretty much had to paint the walls in detention that day. <laughs> I had to go clap the erasers and then go wash the, the chalkboard that day. Would you mind explaining what is detention? Uh. <laughs> Uh, detention is, uh, it's not really a real thing. It's just that because I'm an instructor, you know, so like, I guess you could say, look at it like, oh, you're a teacher. And anytime you see somebody do something incorrectly, because I'm an instructor, I would say detention, you know, playing off the fact that like, you could look me as, as a, as a teacher, an instructor, or professor or something like that. But yeah, anytime you like do something that, you know, you shouldn't be doing in drifting, I playfully say detention, uh, to kind of always remind people like, Hey man, like, you can't keep on messing up. You gotta, you gotta fix that. You gotta do this. You gotta do that. You know what I mean? So and then it kind of took off. You know what I mean? I mean, I even called the tension this past weekend when I was driving. So it sucked. Yeah, you got a couple slips. <clears throat> yeah, I gotta go spend my lunch at the principal's office for a couple of weeks. You know? Is it weird competing again after like such a long period of time not competing? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. You know I mean, after you're not after you're not doing it for a while and then you come back and you kind of see people that you used to like help are like really good now. And so you kind of just jump in there and just kind of hope for the best. You know what I mean? Now I, I have a personality where I'm going to kind of go in there and be like, whatever, like I'm going to go do this. Um, but that's more so to kind of hype myself up. You know what I mean? Um, Cause then when you're in the heat of the moment, sometimes having that attitude kind of helps, but I'm kind of happy with the results, you know, not driving in seven years and top 16 against a lot of dudes there that are pros and stuff like that. It was, it was awesome. You know, it was, what was really awesome is everyone that I used to drive with or that has never seen me drive in person, but I've helped in the past. Um, they all just came up to me and just, were just so thrilled that I just, you know, cause they've never seen somebody do that. Like in, instructors and judges don't usually come back and do that, but. Um, it was cool. Everybody was like stoked on it. I think they were just happy that I was out there driving and that was probably the best thing about that weekend. We should probably mention that we're talking to coach Reese. <laughs> that would probably <laughs> like, this is our introduction. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, we didn't even talk about uh, who we're talking to. I think it's because like we've all hung out before and it's like, it kind of weird for me. Like, Hey, what's up guys? My name's Reese. <laughs> no, needs no introduction because yeah. it doesn't even feel like we're uh we're doing this on uh on you know on skype or anything it just seems like we're hanging out like we usually do yeah just talking you know what i mean so i think maybe that's why we forgot to uh to do any of the intros and stuff like that yeah definitely better than like the interrogation style that we were doing before like <laughs> it's kind of a lot yeah, I'm happy I come in at that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Sorry to all the previous. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what are the plans for this year, Reese? Like, what are you doing? Drifting, judging? What's going on for the summer? Um, 
well, FD is about to start. So I'm going to go do the FD circuit. As I'm going to be a spotter for uh, Alec Robbins in Pro 1. And I'm going to continue being a spotter for Brian Wadman in Perspec. And so I'll do that circuit. Um, all the U.S. drift events that are competitions, I'll be the judge for that. I'm going to judge the majority of the uh, English Town Gambler events. Um, if the schedule allows me to, I'll be going over to Drift Indy to judge the street league events over there. The street legal events in Virginia with U.S. Drift. Um, I think I have to go. I'm going back to North Dakota to judge out there. So, and I think there's some other ones as well too. And then, in between, kind of fill everything up with clinics and uh, going to all the private instruction that I do over at Evergreen and stuff like that in Pennsylvania. So I kind of just kind of fill in the weeks as I'm going. Um, and then now in the mix of it all is having a schedule of that I get to drive. So it's a pretty um, busy weekend or busy weeks that I kind of have coming up and months that are all kind of coming up. But I mean, Hey, it's better than I, it, it all has to do with drifting. So, I mean, I really can't complain. You know what I mean? I don't want to sit here and be like, Oh, there's just so much going on. When I know there's some million people that I would kill to be, be involved in everything that I'm involved in right now. Oh, probably a hundred percent. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I try to remember when I'm like, Oh, when I'm about to say it mentally, this sucks. I'm just like, Hey dude, come on. 10 years ago, you would kill to be where you're at right now. So, I, you know, I try to remind myself of that all the time. You could be at a nine to five. Mad. Face <laughs> <laughs> with the world. Have a boss yelling at you. I literally had the epitome of a nine to five until I decided to just say, yeah, screw this. What were you doing before? What were you doing before this? Um, a bunch of things. Um, anything that was paying good so I can go drive. My So... The moment I was 20, um, I'm 36 now, or I will be in, in like 18 days. Um, when I was 20, I was just trying to get any job that I could. You know, on the weekends, I'd be at the bakery with my dad working the family business. And then during the week, it was like whatever. Like it was, I, I mean, I had jobs being a FedEx driver. I had jobs, um, dude, I mean, Whatever I could do that would let me take weekends off when I needed to or take days off when I needed to so I could go drift. So that's not a really big window, um, but I was able to kind of bounce around for a while. I worked at, uh, as a service advisor for our dealerships. That was probably one of the best paying jobs, you know what I mean? Like, But I, can't, I couldn't really do drifting with that or do be anything involved with drifting with that because you know, you're obligated to go on Saturdays and stuff like that. And, you know, it's dealership life, you know what I mean? So I would just do it for when I could and then just use all my vacation days, like on the weekends and stuff like that. And I did it for such a long time. And it's like, what you start realizing is you can do it at a young age because, you know, you essentially go all year long doing something, you know, you work during the week and then on the weekends for the holidays, you're, or excuse me, for the holidays, for the drift events, you're using your, your vacation days to go. And then you're like working extra days to make up for the fact that you're not going to be there some days, you know what I mean? So it's like, it was never a day off, you know what I mean? Unless it was like a holiday. And after a while, I got kind of burnt out of doing that. Obviously, I got a little bit older and I was, I got like this overnight job um, working on these Mack trucks, doing the maintenance and, and stuff on that over at this overnight job. And I did that for a while because it allowed me to take off a lot more because it was uh, just a, a really well paying job uh, at this um recycling company and um obviously we were dealing with the the maintenance side of things and because it was at night and it was overnight they just they paid you more you know what i mean because it's more dangerous it's just you there with like i'm pretty sure i could have lost my life there twice but the co-worker that i had was I'm a very well experienced individual and like he always watched out for me obviously because if something happened to me he'd be in trouble anyway so i'm sure it was you know two things there um, and then after that, um, I made a move to become, I got an opportunity to become a, a school teacher, an automotive school teacher at a South Philadelphia high school. So I went and did that because obviously you get off on the summer. So it benefited what I was looking for. They give you holiday pay, insurance, all that. And, uh, and then after that is when I decided like, you know what, man, for the past decade of my life, all I've been doing is um, working around drifting and I was like, I'm just going to do it. And then right after that is when I flew out to California when my buddy Russo ended up going out there and really started digging into and networking and pretty much at that point just contributing my entire time 
um, to China to do instruction and stuff like that. All those years prior to, I was doing instruction at Club Loose full time. Um, full time as in any time they had an event, I was there running um, or helping run Group C and giving instruction. And uh, after a while, I just took what I learned from there and applied it and started traveling around and stuff like that. Obviously, having a, a lot of friends in, in that Formula Drift really helped me out a lot, going with Chelsea and doing a lot of things in clinics, started giving you a reputation, started giving you credibility to what you were doing. And over the years, um, kind of developed into what you guys see now, which is a spotter for two teams, a judge for a bunch of series, um, an instructor, uh, whether I'm doing it with um, a different company, I'm doing it privately myself, or starting a school myself, and now being the driver again. So it's kind of like let go full circle. You, know, you just got to dedicate so much time. You know what I mean? A Plus lot. help in Drift Kitchen. Yeah, no, and yeah, well, that's the same, the, the clinics and stuff like that, you know, and obviously uh, I think I remember going to the first Drift Kitchen or one, either the first or the second one that, that I went to. And I was like, yeah, I'll just keep on doing this and stuff like that. And obviously you guys helped so much because – you know, I was very worried. I'm like, should I go help Drift Kitchen because it's an all-girl drifting event? But it's like, you know, it's all girls and there's a guy there and you're like, all right, as long. And at that time, I think I had a really good reputation of being really professional when it came to that type of stuff. And you guys allowed me to kind of come in and help. And I kind of felt like a lot of girls felt safe knowing like, okay, this is what this guy does. Like, he's not some sort of creep that's just doing this just to do it. You know what I'm saying? Because like, this, sometimes that's just the way it is. And with that happening and having girls comfortable seeing me there and asking me questions, I think really helped because you guys having that platform allowed these girls to reach out to me and just ask drift questions. And I can't tell you how many girls have gone through drift kitchen that will, you know, send me a message or DM me or something and show me a video. And legitimately we're talking as drivers. We're not talking like, yo, what's up with that ass or blah, blah, blah. Like none of that, you know, it's just a straight driver to driver um, type of conversation and I don't think that would have happened if it wouldn't have been for you guys because you guys allowed that op that door to open and kind of gave your like you know your approval like yo he's a good dude like you can ask him stuff he's 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 gonna honestly try to help you out so on a side note how does it feel owing me and Kim for life oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> real oh, oh I like uh, saw something cooking up in her mind <laughs> <laughs> You know what that means, right? Yeah, no, 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 yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, because it means we get to name your firstborn, me and Alexis. <laughs> my firstborn? We have, to, we have to name them what? You and Alexis? No, we have to name them me and Alexis since, you know, it wouldn't have existed without right. us. Yeah. I mean, I guess we can, I mean, are you cool with that? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. They'll probably pick, like, some weird fucking name, so <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Emilio. Okay. Negative. Now I don't even think I'd be about. Appreciate you trying to throw a little Latin flavor in there, but I don't think I'm. I think me and Alexis just compromise. Emilio Zeus. Zeus. Zeus because it's Greek. That's Oh man. Yeah, that's gonna be a no for me, dog. It's so funny because I I remember you coming to the first Drift Kitchen event, and I was just kind of like, huh. I wonder if they'll ever get together. I don't even think I s said two words. I don't. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think me and Taylor even really spoke that day. I think she was up against the wall on the one right hand side. You were. I was talking more so to you, Alexis. Um, and then she was. She was. You, yeah, you were kind of standing there, just you know, like you know, just doing your thing. And I was just like, all right. But that's that's it. You know what I mean? But I remember that day. I was so focused on. Oh, yeah. It was actually really cool because I remember that setup where you had put like the figure eight section for kind of the girls that were starting to get you know, those girls were starting to get it from doing like the transitions. Right. Right. No, it was it was really good. It's, and, and the girls, like I said, I think what you guys did is you guys offered a safe space. And when that safe space was established, like a lot of the fear, a lot of the worries, all just immediately disappeared from a lot of the girls you know i'm sure that some of them still were maybe a little nervous or whatever but it was just more of an accepting environment and i saw that you know what i mean and and i've been in situations in the years past where i, I would instruct a group of you know not a group of girls or a girl and she would just have a lot of like you know things that she's kind of worried about or 
You know what I mean? And I, I think what you guys provided was just a, a really good environment that allows girls to just get comfortable, which I think is so crucial. And then they start having fun and then all the learning just kind of just piles right into place. You know what's funny about what you just said? I think one of the biggest arguments I ever see against Drift Kitchen is when guys get butt hurt and they're like, what if we only did an all guys events with no girls? You know, would that be okay? And I'm always those like... Dudes, those dudes don't get laid. They should just shut up, dude. Oh, they're, just, they're stupid. Like, they're this so is, like, shit like that is why they're scared of you, you psychopath. The reason, the reason they... The reasons like that for saying shit like that is why like they don't even know how to talk to a girl like they're just they're, they're, like i know dudes like that there's they'll always be the same and they ain't gonna change you know what i mean like it's funny they'll say that sh they'll say all that's are we like yeah. yeah they say all that shit like on the internet and shit but like in person like they don't say shit dude they just kind of hover in the background and just watch and shit i'm just like dude what the hell dude like where was all that rah, rah, rah of you talking this, that, and the girls? Because when they see the girls, they're just like, I think, honestly, I think dudes that say all that stuff are more intimidated of you guys than anything else. So, I mean, fuck them. But how funny would it be, though, if they assembled in person and they had to march around being like, keep drifting mail, keep drifting mail. <laughs> I like, That's how you never get laid, dude. Shut up. Get out of here, dude. I'd, I'd honestly look at the, I'd find the closest kid that I could find and be like, you see them over there, dude? Don't ever be like them. Like, don't ever be like them. You'll never get laid a day in your life. <laughs> like, that is like the epitome of stupidity, dude. Like, do not be like them. Girls are just flat out better, better students, man. That's I've always said that they're just better students. Guys take instruction with like an ego trip. Girls don't. Yeah, well, I think that's a fair assessment. It is. Yeah. Dude. You have to like bring them down. I mean, I've had some people who are like, oh, I know what I'm doing. Or like, they don't say that directly to me, but you know, they kind of have that attitude. And then when they screw up over and over and I'm looking at them with my hands in the air, like, what are you doing, dude? You know what I mean? They start coming down. Girls don't come into it like that. Girls are just like, okay, so what about this? Or what about that? And you know, instead of ego trips, you have your occasional like breakdown cry session for like a minute. And then you bounce right back and go, ah, all right. All right, let's do it again. And then I'm like, all right, I can deal with that. You know what I mean? But like the ego trips that sometimes guys bring, I'm just like, dude, enough of that, dude. Yeah, I feel like girls come in nervous and like guys, like you said, have the ego. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I did when I showed up to, to Club Loose the first time and, you know, they challenged me to show up. Well, let's see what you got, dude. And, you know, and if you can't do it, then don't come back. And then they showed me straight up, you know, when I first showed up years and years ago that I didn't know what I was doing. I just shut my mouth and. Said, well, if I want to learn, I got to be with these dudes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Girls just come in a little bit more humble and more willing to learn and be told how I, to do thing. Whereas guys, they're still kind of like, maybe there's a part of them that's like, nah, fuck this guy. I'm doing it my way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying everyone. I'm just saying yeah. more of that with guys, you know what I mean? I rarely ever, if any time have I ever seen that with girls um, or with a girl student. Uh, but there is guys that show up and that are like really willing, like the student that I had yesterday was amazing. You know what I mean? And he was, a he was someone that was competing in us drift street legal and you know, he just really soaked up the information. He came there for a purpose, you know what I mean? And you know, he, he, you know, he definitely progressed and did what he needed to do. So it's, it's an individual thing, but if I had to say which either guys or girls, which one, well, most likely, or have more of a percentage of uh, people that show up with that type of attitude and ego, um, I would say it's guys, you know. But it's usually in clinic settings. They never really show up to me privately. Usually people that show up to me privately, um, they're all about learning and stuff like that. But at clinics, you'll sometimes meet, run into dudes that are just like, I'm just here for the sea time, I'm, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> go, go do your thing, though. So something I see a lot, um, which I'm curious on your thoughts are, do you think if someone's an A-class driver from a certain place that they should have to start from ground zero at another event that they've never been to and prove themselves up? Or do you think that they should all kind of correlate? Just because it's something recently I saw on the internet where somebody's a really good driver somewhere else, but that place has never seen him drive. And he seemed a little salty that um, he had to start off in the C-class. And I was just curious. So, years ago... As time 
so when I got into drifting and I was kind of doing it drifting heavily, I'm talking like between 2013 and 2016 because I stopped competing in 2013 because of money and also because of like, it's just a lot. And it's a different environment when you do comps. And then I transitioned into just doing really cool, fun grassroots events. So it's very community-based at that point. You get to like really allow yourself to just kind of you know, absorb what the culture is out there. Because now I was going not to competition events where you're probably going to meet the same people that you're always going to see every, no matter where you go. I was going to where only the locals were going to to drift in that area of the country. And at that time, if you were a Group A driver from Club Loose, you know, and to this day, you know, from Club Loose, if you're a Group A driver from Club Loose, New Jersey, you're you're a group A driver pretty much flat out all around the country. I mean, at least from my standpoint of view. And from what I've seen, when I see these guys go somewhere else, they're in group A. Um, it's also because of the reputation. I think, you know, Instagram and social media definitely allows you now to kind of fact check yourself video wise when it comes to drivers. So I'm sure that if you were someone from, let's say, southwest somewhere and you came to club loose and somehow you had your car and you're ready to roll and it fit all their rules and requirements and you had some serious like you know video because like you know anyone who's like decent i guess has videos of themselves you know i think there's definitely going to be a conversation where they're gonna be like all right cool and i think out of respect they're gonna be like yeah well can you just go do a lap real quick just so we can make sure and if you are who you say you are then it that shouldn't be a problem you know what i mean now I'm talking about a situation where somebody's showing up and they're sh they're taking the time to understand you're going to have to go to the club and explain everything and say, yo, listen, like, you don't know me. I get it. But I am a group A driver. Here's some information. Like, I don't think that extra five minutes that you're doing to do that, you know, I, I think it, it, it says a lot. You know what I mean? Now, if you just show up and you just say, well, I'm so and so like nobody has the time to sit there and fact check you and make sure, you know what I mean? Like, we, we're not going to do that. We People have 50 million other things going on. Um, so then you're just going to have to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? I think there's some people that have been in that situation that have showed up. I can, I can only speak for Club Loose because I'll see it because I'm working the event. Um, they'll show up. Some dudes will show up, casually just go out there, rip. We kind of look at them like, dude, you're good. Get bumped up. And then they get bumped up and they're doing their thing. But it's the way they went about it. And then there's other guys that are just kind of like, how don't you know who I am? And it's like, dude, I'm sure they would, if they had the time, they would find out who you are. But it's just at the moment, in the heat of the moment, it's like they don't know. And they got other drivers they have to worry about. So they're not going to just focus on you. You know what I mean? So I think as time goes on and the community kind of uh, evolves, like, just take the time out, dude. If, you know, and if, and if they're not pleased with it then you're not pleased with it i mean you know if you're asking me there's group a drivers and other clubs that i don't think are group a drivers and, and are not up to standard to our group a drivers at club loose yeah 110 percent. there's people out there that fucking suck you know and they're group a drivers that's just whatever you know what i mean i have my own opinions on why that happens but like it's dude it's okay like if if you're that good then then prove it you know what i mean when we go everywhere else we prove it I mean, I've never gone somewhere and someone's like, oh, no, you're Group B or you're Group C, because I show up and I prove it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So stop bitching and start proving it. Yeah, you know I mean, nobody wants to hear about somebody whining. <laughs> I feel like you started off so nice there and then just gradually got like, just fucking yeah. prove it. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I can, I can, I've been in so many places where I've seen it happen or we've been at Club Loose and you see it happen. You know, you just, you're just like, dude, I get it, but not right now, dude. It's, we got things to do. You know what I mean? Prove it somewhere else, you know what I mean? Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I think if you're an A-group driver, it should just take you a couple of laps to prove it, so. Yeah, I mean, I've done that. They're like, yo, will you just do a lap real quick? And then I go do it, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you're good. Boom, done. But I took the time to go speak to someone. Hey, man, like, when I went to Canada, nobody knew me in Canada. You know what I mean? Like, they don't, and I wouldn't expect them to know me when I went up there. So I went up there, I did a couple laps, they felt me out a little bit, and then boom, I was off and rocking and rolling. You know what I mean? But I think it's the way I handled it. I went up there, I spoke, I reached out a week or two before, yo, I'm coming up there, this is who I am, 
all right, this is some video. And then even with all of that, they still said, yo, go do a lap or two and kind of feel it out. Yeah, they were giving me a lap or two so I could feel it out. But at the same time, they were watching to make sure I was exactly everything I said I was, even though I sent them video and all that stuff. You know what I mean? So I did what I needed to do to call ahead and try to make that happen. You know what I mean? Is it going to go smooth every time? No, you know, it's not going to go smooth every time. You're going to send an email and probably somebody's not going to see it or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? But it's a, it's the way you handle it. You know, just be chill and kind of talk. And at the end of the day, if you're everything you say you are, go out there and lay down a baller-ass line, and then they're going to be like, all right, this dude obviously knows what he's doing. And then, boom, you get bumped up. So be humble. Yeah, don't be humble. Don't be a dick and realize that the only reason we're sometimes – you know, a little harsh is because Club Loose has always been known to give you tough love. So we're not going to stop doing that for little Timmy. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not going to happen. Exactly. No, I, I mean, at least from my point of view, I don't want to speak for all, like, 100 people that are involved with Club Loose. But at least for me, when I'm there, that's how I feel about it. You know what I mean? I will say that if you haven't gotten bumped up, usually when they ask me, do you think this person's good enough? 95% of the time, I'm like, absolutely fucking not. I don't think that person's up to standard. But if it were up to me, we'd have like fucking three or four good drivers in group A for all. I know. I'm harsh. I'm very nice. But when they ask me and I watch videos, I'm like, nah, this dude sucks. I do not want him in group A. And that's just being the honest truth. You know, there's a lot of great group, a driver, group B drivers. But there's a lot of group A drivers that I just do not think that should be in group A. You know what I mean? And if it were up to me, and I and I, if I was there long enough to really weigh in on it, I'd be like, we need to, you know, knock some people down. Yeah. Right, it's like boys. Yeah, you're going back to second grade from third. Got to do it over again. Yeah, you know, and I just, you know, I look. I'm only saying that because when I came up in Club Loose, they dragged me through the mud, like. I, I never met eye to eye with them. Like everybody sees me now. They see me like, Oh, where well, you're there, you're helping, you're instructing. Like, yeah, because I, everything that I am as a driver be, is mostly because of club loose and everything that I learned there and the connections, the networking, it's like a hub for so many things. If you understand what's going on there, you know what I mean? But like, I didn't meet eye to eye with them with many things with driving and all of that. But that doesn't take away from what really needs to be going on. So I went through it. I went through the hazing period and, you know, getting bitched at for a lot of things. Dude, I was a cocky-headed fucking idiot. And, I mean, to a certain extent, I still am. You know what I mean? But it's like you understand what the big picture is. And the big picture there is they just want to teach people and they want drifting to stay what it always is, which is pure. If I could give you any word, it's pure. They just want it to be pure and, and, and really good. You know what I mean? And, you know, that's why I stay there because I think they do a fantastic job. Yeah. And that's why anywhere I go, I just, I preach what we do there because I've seen the results. I mean, how many pro drivers come out of there? You know, how many great drifters come out of there? You know, that go on to do many other things. You know what I mean? So it's, I, I just think people just need to chill out sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, Is that where you started? Hmm? Did you start there at Clubless? I yeah. They I used to be I I didn't have a lot of money being in Philadelphia when I first started back in 2005. So the first 2 years I was a lot of street drifting. And these guys were in the tri-state area. They had started in 2003 at English Town. So they're like the first generation of dudes that were there. And back then, you would go on forums and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And on these forums, um they would talk about you know, their events and stuff like that and all that. And in the forums, like, you know, back then it was like where you would post up what you would do, you know, you would see like all the underground drifting meets that we would do in Philadelphia. Obviously they don't want drifting to be looked at as a, an outlandish outlawish thing. You know what I mean? Because they're trying to do it legit over at English town. Me being an asshole, I was just like, well, fuck you. I'm just going to go do what I want. Like, you're not going to tell me how to spend my money. And so I went and did that. I mean, so I, that's how I went into Club Loose. I, I had pissed a lot of those dudes off because I was hosting these huge events with some dudes that are in Club Loose now. You know what I mean? And uh, like 300 people would show up in South Philadelphia and we would just go completely crazy. There's like one or two videos of like 
all these dudes drifting, you know, I'm not saying they were drifting great, but we were drifting, you know what I mean? And they just didn't want it, you know, I think they were just trying to look at it from a responsible point of view. And then in 2007, they hosted a clinic, which is when, you know, they told me to come out and show them what they got. And Petty jumped in my car and he's like, I'm going to tell you right now what you're doing wrong. He drifted my car first and then he's like, you're not letting go of the wheel. And he said a couple other things. And when everything worked, I'm just like, what am I? I can't negate the fact that this dude was right. And from that point in 2007, I was part of Clueless. I didn't leave after that. <laughs> And then I went on to be a driver, and eventually, right around like 2012, um, I started doing instructing there, and that's how that phase started. So, so that's the only club that I've been a part of. You know, was called Blues or is called Blues. Well, you've been everywhere, like besides besides Jersey. Obviously, you've pretty much traveled the whole country teaching. Yeah, I think that was later on, um, more so when I, I wanted to do more with it. I like, you know, as much as I love what we do, um, you know, I called loose. I wanted to venture out. I wanted to go do other things. You know what I mean? I wanted to try. So I attempted to do that and I wanted to just teach and instruct because I knew that would be, I knew that we had a very high standard. So other people wanted to understand, like, you know, how are you guys so good over there? Not saying that there isn't other clubs in the country that are great. You know what I mean? There really is. There's a lot of clubs that are really good. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm always going to be biased and I'm always going to think we are. You know what I mean? Because, you know, obviously I grew up, my whole drifting uh, time or career, if you could say, was has been with Cold Blue. So obviously I'm going to be a little biased on that. You know what I mean? But yes, I've gone everywhere because I just wanted to see the difference. And I was just, I really am just fascinated with the sport of drifting and, and I wanted to see all the different styles and, and everything. And uh, Traveling around the country and being involved the way I am um, has allowed me to go see everyone else from Michigan to the Pacific Northwest to uh, down to Texas. Or, I mean, everywhere, you know what I mean? Except for the Southwest. I really haven't gone to the Southwest too much, like Arizona and stuff like that. And I really haven't gone to those events. And uh, I haven't stopped. I haven't seen any events in Utah yet or anything like that. So there is a couple here and there, but... Uh, a vast majority up in Canada and stuff like that. And I remember went to Puerto Rico to look what was going on down there and Colombia and in South America. So I have gotten around, but it's, uh, it's, it's really mostly just to be like a really good ambassador for, for drifting and explaining like, look, you don't need to overbuild your cars. You can build something simple, like enjoy it for what it is. Like listen from someone who wasted so much money going into program and spending this and that when I could have just, built a simple car and get seat time. Like we didn't know any of that stuff when we started. Like I think the reason now people are getting so much better quicker is because they actually have people that guide them. You know what I mean? Whereas when I came up, we didn't have that guidance. We had, uh, we did, but not, not as profound and not as, you know, really, uh, to the point as we do now, obviously with time, everything gets better. So, um, luckily I've been able to do all that and it's, uh, really been a good experience. WiseFap doesn't uh, hurt either nowadays. Yeah, yeah. There's people that like WiseFap. You know, I'm not a big fan of that type of style of driving, but um, I do respect that there are certain scenarios where having something like that um, can be an asset. And uh, I, I do respect it, you know what I mean? Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously we teach a different style of driving um, where I come from uh, over at Club Loose, and it's the one that I kind of, again, lean toward because I'm kind of biased, because that's what I kind of came up doing. So more of an old-school way of going about it. Yeah, yeah, I guess. You know, I don't know. There's a lot of newer guys that, like, have really polished up our style and have made it look really good, you know what I mean? So um, I don't want to say it's so much an old-school style. I just think it's just a very, I guess, traditional style from this area. I don't know, you know. It's been evolving pretty good. But so has other, you know, other styles and preferences in driving. I haven't heard from Taylor in a while. I know. Do you have any questions for Reese Taylor? Yeah. She knows, knows like everything about me. Taylor, ask whatever it is that you ever wanted to know because now you can do it because we're here. I want to know your most embarrassing moment. I told him to think about that. Like, but like not even drifting, like real honest embarrassing moment. <laughs> When he I, asked me before, like, what we were going to talk about. I have so many. Like, I, you know, like, 
I was such a bad kid, you know, when I was like in high school and stuff like that. Like I did so many things that like I should not have been doing. (laughs) So which one of those were embarrassing? Obviously the first time you get like, you get arrested is always embarrassing where it's at. Yeah, I mean, that sucks. Like, that's happened before. And it seems like every time I would get arrested, it's when my parents were, like, doing something really cool, like, at some sort of party or something like that. And here I go, like, fucking up their whole night. Like, Mrs. Mary, like, your son's here at the precinct or whatever, or district or whatever. And I'm like, sucks. Um, oh, one time I did get caught shoplifting. Ooh. Yeah, and then they, like, walked me out of the store. I forget what it was. I was so, it was so long ago. I was, like, really young. I was such a teenager. Um, See, this is the stuff that we want. Not, yeah. like, driving stories. Uh, like, the farting in front of your crush. Yeah. Never done that. You never farted? In front no, of my crush? <laughs> no, but it's not embarrassing to me. I'm just like, whatever, it's windpipe. But in, like, fourth grade, I mean... No, I've never done it there. I, so, like... So I had no problem when I was younger, like, getting in front of, like, the class and doing projects or presentations, like... I don't know, I was kind of used so that's why I said, like, I mean, yeah, embarrassing to me, but, like, I don't know. You know, that stuff never really bothered me. The school stuff never really bothered me with that. Uh, it was always just, like, strangers that I would a- accidentally, like, like, I don't know, like, when I was riding my bike a couple years ago, like, I thought one of the shadows was, I thought one of the, it was sunny, and, like, I'm going through the woods, just zooming through the woods, and I'm thinking these are all shadows that are, like, obviously being casted over the road. And one of them turned out to be a tree that was down. So I hit it, and I flip in the <laughs> air, and I'm gasping for air, and everybody's looking at me. And it's not – they're obviously worried because I'm hurt, right? Or they think I'm hurt. But I'm more worried, like, damn, they almost think, like, look at this fucking dude. Just, like, flips balls. Like, is he even all right? You know what I mean? Like, to me, that was embarrassing. You know what I mean? Because, like, I'm going full tilt. Blake, I don't know where it goes. Here, I'm falling. Knock the wind out of me. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I think that's embarrassing. You know what I mean? Like, and then I get up. They're like, do you need a ride? I'm like, nah, I'm cool, bro. Like, I'm just going to ride my bike home. And, I mean, I thought that was just a very embarrassing situation. When, meanwhile, they're just worried that, I, like, is he okay? Did he break anything? Yeah, right. But the second they found out you were all right, they probably laughed their asses off. Probably. <laughs> yeah, things like that would probably embarrass me. I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know, do you you laugh when other people get hurt? Because I do. Yeah. (laughs) I grew up in a very, I mean, I grew up in Philadelphia. So it's just like, anytime somebody would fall or something like that, the first instinct you have is go, (laughs) Okay, remember when I slammed the door on your hand? (laughs) (laughs) On me? Yeah. What was that? What was that? I kind of remember it. He almost broke my fingers off yesterday, rolling them up in the window. I'm like, I have my hand out the window, and all of a sudden I feel it like I'm like, hey, hey, you got the window, and it's like still going up, and I'm like, you can't go up anymore. Uh, does, does does everybody know that me and you are together? I don't know. Yeah, so so I I'm dating Taylor. And yeah, I, I have, assume they know this by now for listening, but I know there might be some people here like, yo, do you think it's official? Yeah, I gotta like I claim my ground, dude. You never know. You know it is. You know what I mean. Yeah, I'm saying it, dude. Back off. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so fucking funny that you like. <laughs> did you black that out of your memory? <laughs> he he blocked it off. Really cool about it. He like, blocked it like, off. What when I when you got your finger slammed by Alexis? You guys were like first like, meeting in the inside door jam <laughs> part, right? Yeah, yeah. I, but I was like, I mean, I was fried, bro. So I was just like, damn. But yeah, I don't remember it that well. Oh, I just remember you kind of doing one of these with your hand and just walking away. Oh. <laughs> just like walked away from everybody. <laughs> I felt so bad. Yeah, but I mean, it's all good. I don't even know what hand it was. <laughs> I'm like looking at my hands like, which one is it? <laughs> Oh my god, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think if, I, if I've seen any of you guys get hurt. I can remember, like, Alexis banging your head on the table. <laughs> <laughs> that was, like, the first podcast we tried to do, too. That never that never went anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, do you still have that recording? 
there's this noise. We're all laughing, and then Alexis just slams her forehead <laughs> onto the table, and you hear like this horrible like thud. Yeah, and it it was great because you had it on recording. It just sounded horrible. Did you just miscalculate? Like <laughs> you were laughing? I don't know. I I laugh pretty violently sometimes. <laughs> I think she, like, went to, like, put her head down, but, like, I don't know. It was just, it was really loud. Can you imagine saying that to someone on your first date? Listen, I just want to warn you, I laugh really violently. <laughs> so when I laugh, just be prepared. Yeah, this is sick. You guys should keep doing this stuff forever. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, there's no real, like, end in sight over it. Yeah, you guys no. should, like... I really do think you guys should, like, video podcast it at some point. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I just don't want people to know how, like, truly ugly. How many dudes are just like, hell yeah, dude, I want to see what the fuck they look like. And then they see us and they're like, oh. <laughs> I'm unsubscribing. <laughs> yeah, at some point, I think a video podcast would be pretty sick. Yeah. I'm not saying all the time, but, like, every once in a blue moon, like, make it, like, a special, like... Like a reunion one. Yeah, like, a, a Christmas special. Like, oh, here we are. <laughs> Thank we've been wanting to do a live one. Yeah. That's... It's scary to think about, but it would be the live, unedited one, which could completely ruin us. I think it might. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think people... I, I mean, I honestly think people uh, like listening because it's, like... She did. Some of Kim's questions were pretty wild. Oh, yeah. Did you want to see them? I never showed you. Oh. I wanted to know. We got time. We're good. Oh, yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> all right. So, oh, stop. <laughs> Can I talk about all this stuff? I'm down. I don't care. Okay. Uh, what, starting here? Wherever you want. Where it right has the little dash? Yep. All right. So, first one. Thoughts on gay porn? Yeah. What's up? What's up with that? Um, the problem is, I don't know anything about gay porn to really have thoughts on it. Gay could be but, lesbian, you know. Don't let's not like be like I've never heard of lesbian porn. Reese, come on, I know your girlfriend's sitting there, but be honest, man. I mean, I mean, yo, if that's your thing and that's your twist, like yo, rock out. I mean, like porn is a business. You know what I'm saying? So if, like, yo, you're making your money. And it's to be with, like, you know, people of the same sex. Rock out. You know what I'm saying? Like, live your life. It ain't affecting me. You're out there doing your thing. Paying your taxes. Hell yeah, dude. Doing your thing, dude. Hell yeah. I agree. Yeah. I'm just not paying the taxes, though. I mean, like, I'm just saying that because, you know, you know, know, wink, wink, pay your taxes. (laughs) Uh, All right. The next one is the feud between Ukraine. Ukraine and Russia. Oh yeah, I've been. It it pops up like sometimes my phone will just pop up with like articles, and right. like we there's been this whole thing between Ukraine and Russia. You don't oh. have to answer it. What are you What are you watching that your algorithm is popping up between Ukraine and Russia? Gay porn, Ukraine and Russia, and toes. I'm starting to really <laughs> question. I've been learning a lot of German lately, so maybe that's why I'm getting like gay porn stuff and Russian and Ukraine stuff, maybe. I feel like you're almost stereotyping there a little bit. I don't know, dude. I know. I'm sorry. Bad. I mean, I'm going to say this. I know a lot of Russians. They're red. And I know a lot of people from many places in that area. And they all seem to be cool. So politically, I'm sure they're probably just as twisted and ass backwards as we are in America. So, I mean, I guess we're all in the same shit, all right? So. Yeah. Um, next one. Uh, what toe is his favorite? What's... Is she asking you this? Like, like, what am I doing? Like, what toe of your, what toe is? What, 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 which one of my toes is my favorite? Toe. What, what is your favorite toe? My favorite toe is honestly, it varies because if, when I take off my sock and I see like a toenail on one of my toes, I'm like, at that day, it's my favorite toe because I get to cut that toenail and. I get to enjoy that for like that second and a half that I that chopped it off on it. Cause then you start realizing like, what is that pain that you feel? And then you look down, I'm like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Sucks. Uh, can I, um, 
I'll tell you, I don't have a favorite toe, but I have two least favorite toes. I don't like my second to big toe because it's longer than my big toe. I have the yeah. long. And then I don't like my pinky. I feel like it doesn't technically have a toenail and it's too small too. And oh, that yeah. Me. I'm pretty sure I don't have a pinky nail on my toe, on my on my yeah. pinky toe. And I hate that. It's like a nail, it's like a line. It, like, doesn't exist. It's like, you get it, you know? It's like, you know, <laughs> here's a sliver. It's like, it doesn't sliver look good. Yeah, so. Yeah. I'm not going to talk right now, but I think I have a totally thing. Yeah, Where I'm just like, why are you even there, dude? Yeah. I, I think it's like, nice. I think, are they? I think I have pretty nice feet. No, I've seen Taylor's feet. Taylor does have good feet. All her toes align and everything. They're in good shape. It's um. Is that what I have look pinky at? nails? I got a pinky nail. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. You had weird toes. I hope you not. It wouldn't matter to me. But I never took in the time to look at your to any anybody's toes and be like, hmm. Those are, uh, you know, I've seen some weird toes. You know, ones that lay on one another and like you're just like that's kind of a claw, not a toe. But you're just like, on. You know, whatever. <laughs> There's there's no money in my feet, but that's okay. Honestly, I think we could ride off easily off of uh, the goods that Taylor's been hiding in socks. Yeah. Taylor, yeah. you gotta show him your feet. He'll he's gonna realize how lucky he is. I know, right? I just peed in my toes too. I'll take pictures if you're in a sock. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, well, good tires, fuel. I would sell feet pics. Yeah, I'm not against it. You go right on ahead. So I, we just talked about the porn industry. I'm rock out. Peep porn, live it up. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Reese. Yeah, yeah. Live on toes. Toes matter. And Pete. What was my last one? I don't even remember. Uh, nuclear warfare and chemical warfare. Okay, so I have a huge issue with that. All right. What? Uh, nuclear warfare and chemical warfare, because like. Well, which one is better in the sense of which one would you prefer mm -hmm. to happen? If it had to happen to you, if you had to pick one or the other, I'm picking nuclear. I want to get completely incinerated. You mean, you mean like which one do I would rather have to do me in? Oh, yeah, 100%. You're in Philly. That could be a potential. you got to think about stuff like this. Thank God we're here to help you. Dude. <laughs> well, chemical warfare, I think, is just like a slow way of going about it. Yeah. Um, could be wrong. I mean, I'm not, you know what I mean? But could you have a chance of survival? I don't know. It sounds like it's going to hurt more. Actually, if you actually, you know what? I might be, I, I might actually going to go with the chemical warfare, and I'm going to tell you why. I think it's more of a, there's, there's more, maybe, oh no, I'm second guessing myself. I'm trying to see which one will give me a better chance of actually having a zombie apocalypse. Not that I like, not that I'm about that shit, but mm. in a situation like this, there's a chance that it would happen. So then you're kind of asking yourself, well, technically this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Which one would you want? And I think chemical warfare would maybe produce more of a zombie apocalypse. But okay. I, don't know, I don't know if maybe if there were survivors from the nuclear warfare, there would be, like, radiation and that would happen. But then again, we've never had a zombie apocalypse, so, like, maybe it doesn't even matter. I, don't know. I mean, I got my card read, and I was told to pay attention to my dreams, and we... In my dreams were often, it's like a zombie apocalypse, so that might be coming. Yeah, but what happens? Was it a chemical warfare, or was it a nuclear warfare that created the zombies, or is it just an unknown kind of thing? Because for some reason, that seems to be the case with a lot of zombie movies. Like, it's zombies, they just appear, but unless it's Resident Evil, then I, I'm going Yeah, to I feel like stuff. the backstory of how a zombie apocalypse happens really is what I need to know to really sink my teeth into whether I give a fuck about that story. I mean, it's yeah. a virus. Yeah, so chemical warfare. If it's like a, and it's like a gnarly virus that's turning people into like flesh eating monsters, zombies. Then yeah, I'm about it. Sure, I'll do the chemical one because then I could fight back. But if it's like nuclear warfare, like I'm like, oh dude, I might just die from the blast. So like that might just be quick and fast. It, exactly. That's how everybody wants to die quick and fast. <laughs> God, no, I'm good on that. I don't want to die quick and fast. I want to like try. I want to feel it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the I mean, yeah. I think I wouldn't want it to happen really quick. What if it's gas? Oh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Imagine, imagine suffocating to death. Oof. Nah. I think, actually, yeah, I could. <laughs> yeah, I mean, suffocation. You'll pass out before anything really. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, all the damage. I, drowning is what I think I'm most worried about. Like, I don't know what that even remotely is like. 
Ooh. That's why I keep my windows down and my seatbelt off. <laughs> All times. I'm well, sorry. Uh, I to say, see, now, I used to be like that, but now I worry and I put my seatbelt on for whatever reason. I just, I don't know. I just catch myself sometimes feeling like, I don't know if I drive as good as I used to drive. I put my seatbelt on. I started wearing my seatbelt once I started uh, living in New Jersey. It was weird. It was almost like I feared for my life out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Jersey will do that to you. I mean, yeah. whether it's the people or the deer. Yeah. Because in New Hampshire, I was the most dangerous driver. <laughs> now I'm just thrown into the Australia of dangerous drivers. <laughs> well, now you know how they must have felt when they saw you zooming around all crazy. I know. I feel like I'm like repenting for it now. You know. I would say chemical warfare is where I'm gonna go. Cool. No, that's a that's a that's not the one I thought. I'll be honest. Yeah. Whatever's gonna allow me to do some really gnarly shit. Now, if it's just like, who knows? If it's like a nerve gas or something, like I don't know. It's a roll of the dice either way. But I'm gonna go with chemical. Okay. Good. Well, let me talk. This question's a lot more, dude. I know, we're going to have yeah. to put, like, a million triggers. So, yes, <laughs> fuck the drifting shit, like. What? What? That's all hypothetical. We don't know unless it happens. Imagine if this podcast went out and then it happened. That would be in bad case, but it would be, like, we didn't know. We can't predict the future. Right. But we don't, be, we don't be canceled, and that'd be all right, you know? That's true. <laughs> I've always wondered if, like, if aliens are, like, watching or listening to podcasts. Oh, God. Are they going to pick a certain podcast that they like the best? Pick us. I mean, is it not possible? Is it not possible for them not to be able to reach us, but then they have some sort of technology that can reach our podcasts? They have Spotify accounts. They can't reach us if they don't want to because we're a disaster. So, yeah, they probably do listen to all our podcasts. Yeah, they probably look at us like 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 a fire ant farm in the ground. They're like, we can see it. We know it's over there. We're not going over there. Wow. No, I don't blame them. It's a mess. Are you guys content with this? Um, not till we get some Whitmore Weekly Wisdom. Yeah, how about Weekly Wisdom? Okay. So, what do you want to give this? Life just ain't that serious. I feel like I've already done those ones, right? Do you want to shout out to your little Instagram handle? And those chips are hella loud. Yeah, if anybody uh, wants to get any private instruction, it's over in uh, Evergreen Raceway Park, over at Drums PA. Uh, you can contact me on Instagram, uh, at Reese Marin, and just send me a message. And uh, I'll get back to you with dates that are available. And you have any questions about like how your car needs to be prepared and stuff like that. You know, I'm glad to answer any of those questions and kind of help you with the process and stuff like that. So uh, just reach out to me and uh, we can get you going, whether it's uh, beginner stuff or now that the track has been updated, we can do a lot more technical and uh, more advanced things for anybody that's more intermediate that's doing uh, getting into comps and stuff like that. We can work on lines and placement and filling out your zones and stuff like that. So um, kind of help anybody out that's uh, looking to get that type of coaching or instruction. Yeah, let's get some damn Whitmore Weekly Wisdom. Sweet. I just didn't do how to think so good. I wasn't prepared. Um, it's hard being wise every week. Yeah. That's, that's it right there. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's just hard being wise every week. It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening to Drip Kitchen. Come to us for all your ideas. Just want to mellow out. And we'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> Hey guys, I want to take a minute to introduce you to our podcast sponsor, Swivel Mount. Swivel Mount is a camera mount that swivels. It's made specifically for drifting. Why waste time bothering track workers to set up your GoPro mount? You can have one you don't have to worry about. You can place it on or off any car in seconds, making it easy to get great footage. Swivel Mount uses magnets to stay on your vehicle. Your GoPro won't fall off into the guy or girl tandeming behind you. I know for me personally, I like seeing how I progress over the events. Getting a chance to see the swivel mount footage is a way to study all of my runs. Swivel mount helps capture sick footage, and you can get a custom colored flag to match your whole aesthetic. 
go to www.theswivelmount.com and use code DK10 to get 10% off anything on their website. Thank you guys again for tuning in and listening to us ramble. Definitely check out the next episode. Appreciate all your support. Don't forget to follow Drift Kitchen on Instagram and to check out their big cartel site and pick up some merch. Thanks again, guys.